Coke in the bath. <laughs> Good evening and welcome back to another episode of A Book and A Biz. We are your hosts, Georgia, Riney, Ellie. Claire is not with us still. She is studying. But we miss her. She is here mentally. But honestly, it's been a bit, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough here today. It's going to be rough here for the next few weeks, actually. So we'd actually just like to, before we get started, take a moment's silence for all of our holes. All of the crevices. Because this book royally fucked us inside, outside, upside down, mentally, physically, emotionally. It, it dingle-doodled in all of our holes. <laughs> dingle-doodled. If you haven't already guessed, this week we are covering Sarah J Mass's Empire of Storms, and you are not ready for the fuckery. <laughs> not the fuckery. I love that not word. Not the fuckery. So what are we all drinking tonight? Well, I'm drinking Johnny Walker and Cola in honour of Lorcan's dark death magic. Oh, fuck that man up, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lorcan. I'd also do deplorable things to that man, with that man, while that man watched. He could wrap that shirt that he cut up around my neck and choke me. He could use it as ties and tie me up like a rotisserie chicken. Well, I am drinking my favourite wine ever in honour of my favourite series. Because I just love it so much, even though there's so much trauma. I feel like I just love other people's (laughs) trauma. I know. I I like pain. (laughs) I like like pain. Honestly. Well, look, I was supposed to be drinking a sex on the beach uh, for this book because, well, self-explanatory. But my mental health is awesome. Mm. Great. So I'm not drinking tonight. This is literally just Pepsi. So mental health. When you you have bad mental health, don't drink alcohol and make yourself worse. Exactly. Look after yourselves. I am too. I have not learnt your lesson yet. She's grown beyond us. She has. How's everyone feeling after all that drama? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this book was giving me stress, violence, mm. beach sex, mm. just like water vibe, very strong vibes. This book fucked me up like Rowan and Aelin fucked up the entire ecosystem of Skulls Bay and I adored it. They just mm. fucked up those trees. They were like, you're gone, you're gone. Killing everything. Oh my Thinking god. Gordon I... Ramsay. You're gone. You're gone. <laughs> what are you? A sandwich. <laughs> they just do that to the turtles. <laughs> I read a, a comment on a Goodreads review of this book. <laughs> And it was someone saying something along the lines of someone really needed to like check on the turtle death count <laughs> after this episode just like, because oh! or all the because you know how they lay the their eggs in the sand yeah oh. in the sand they would have all been boiled oh my god boiled really? turtle eggs yeetus beetus of the turtles yeetus of the turtles turtle <laughs> uh-huh yeah fuck it up shit well yeah look i love that in this book we get some more insight into some of my favorite characters cough cough fenris fenris you dirty dog Oh, you dirty, dirty dog, literally. And shit takes off. And, like, we're rocketing towards annihilation, and I love it. I've never been so happy for pain. And, I mean, my cause of death is Rowan Whitethorn saying, where is my wife? Oh, my God, that did things to me. Oh, my God. (gasps) That whole – I'm pretty sure I put that entire page in the notes. (laughs) Absolutely. You all need to bear with me for this episode, as I – 
only just finished this last night and my soul is nowhere near recovered. But I'd like to start off by saying I knew they were fucking mates. Did I not tell you? <laughs> Huzzah! Vindication, <laughs> I am so proud that we made it to this moment. We worked so hard. Honestly, I have been like literally throwing Ellie off at every turn guys like me and Brian are sitting there like she's like you know they have to be mates and we're like oh I don't know at this stage I've just been being quiet because I was like (laughs) George has been doing all the hard work oh my god you you got into my head you got into my head you made me despise Lyria because I was (laughs) like well if she just didn't fucking exist (laughs) but here we are sweet sweet vindication Anyway, I've got proven right. I'm fairly sure this might just be a standard plot line in SJM's books that the two main characters are mated, but that's fine. Here we are. This book just had everything. It had sex, death, rock and roll, and beautiful broody females. Aelin was nothing but her glorious conniving self, and I don't think that I've ever been so happy for a fictitious character to have a good old fucking... She worked hard. She put in the hours. She deserved it. She did, and as we all did. Really? Yeah. Here we are. I kind of don't want to read Tower of Dawn because after the end of this book, I just want to jump into that story, the whole rescuing mission. But alas, I will endure Kale for the sake of the plot. I know, like, we had the discussion about what order you read it in, and I still stand by that. I think because there's things in Tower of Dawn that happen where they allude to what happened here. Uh, I honestly, I read it in some weird fucked up order because (laughs) I read Tower of Dawn first, which in a way, my thought process, I get where I was trying to come from, but it just wouldn't, it just didn't work. And like, I don't know how I just was so like, the first time I read it because now I'm like, it just makes so much more sense to read Tower of Dawn like after. So (laughs) I don't know, guys, honestly. I love this series so much. It actually hurts my heart and soul. And the second time I'm reading it through, it's just cementing in my brain that this is my favorite series by SJM at the moment. It chops and changes, you know, because like the, the other series are still ongoing. So who knows? But Throne of Glass, it's just so good. And this book, I cannot... I will not ever, 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 ever get over it. Absolutely ever. Not. Like this, it just gives me everything. It gives me like sitting on the edge of your seat, the sexual tension, the trauma, the absolute fucking misery that SJM smashes you with at every single turn. Oh. Not to mention the fucking, the <laughs> absolute glorious fucking. Oh. Thank you, JC. Thank you. But I just fucking love this book and the ending. The fucking ending. I hate everyone and I will never recover. Goodbye. On that note, we are mixing it up because if you listen to our last episode, okay, Queen of Shadows Part 2, you can notice that we're getting a little bit long because we're talking a bit of shit. And we're also Um, getting very tired. Like, I did the last part of the edit and we're all like, I'm the tired. (laughs) We want to give you guys that spark and that stuff you love. So for the foreseeable future, definitely Empire of Storms and Kingdom of Ash, we'll be splitting it into three parts. 
Trey. I'm sure the Tower of Dawn will need Trey parts, but we'll find out. I love Tower of Dawn also. It's so I'm just good. putting that out there in the universe. I love Tower of Dawn. People who said that you skip it, again, I've said it before, fuck you. Fuck you <laughs> and your cow. I will shit on your lawn. Um, <laughs> and I will shit on your cow. <laughs> the cow's just like, <laughs> you were just squatting on the cow. Really so concerned right now. I put myself on mute for 30 fucking seconds so I can shove some chips down my throat. <laughs> now we're just suddenly standing on top of cows and shitting. <laughs> on them. No regrets. Anyway. That, yeah. So this is part one of three. Sick. Let's jump on in. We start Empire of Storms off with a very horrifying, just little little lone chapter on its own that's just absolutely horrifying and an alarming way to start the book. It's a flashback to Elena and Gavin's pre-war meltdown. They are basically on the battlefield, camped out, watching Erwin's forces amass, and they're going to lose. Everyone knows it, but they decide they have this chance to push the war back. One shot, one opportunity to seize everything they've ever wanted except push it onto the next generation and they go, fuck the kids. Fuck <laughs> the children. Kids. Fuck the babies. In oh. the words of Robbie Williams, the kids are not all right. The kids are not all right. <laughs> Love a bit of Robbie. So they go, fuck them kids, and they push the war off, and that's where we pick on up. Now we're with the lead. She's not great, you know, because um, remember, Manon just sort of like got her <laughs> Good in luck. the forest, and she's like, hello, young disabled girl. <laughs> Go thrive in the forest. <laughs> thrive. Go thrive. I'm not paying for your Uber the rest of the way. This is as far as we go. Off you pop. Go prosper. <laughs> and, well, she's not, in fact, prospering. No. It's been a few weeks by now, and she sees two witches and their wivens appear. And I do acknowledge I have interchangeably used wivens <laughs> and wivens throughout this series, and you'll just have to forgive me, okay? Look at I this can't stage. Control. If you guys have stuck with us this far with the way we fuck up every single name, it's interchangeable, and we just expect you all to know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just keep up. For some people, like, we have very strong opinions on how you pronounce Rhysand's name. <laughs> yeah, we threw down over that. We did. That was a hill we were willing to die on. But if anyone comes at me about my pronunciation of Wiven or, or Werven, I'll be like, Wyvern. and like Lysandra, that's different every time I say it. <laughs> Lysandra, Lysandra, Lassandra. You never know what you're going to get. But yeah. I apologize. I could just start saying Chow instead of Kale. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. Right, so we're back with the Wiccans and Elide is hiding and she manages surprisingly to hide very well from these Wiccans who are like unnaturally good at all things. But, you know, I, I bet they're yellow just, legs. No doubt, no doubt. They've just got a bit of a screw loose or something. They've got that jaundice. It's fucking with their brain as well. I thought you <laughs> were going to say much. they've got that Georgia. And <laughs> I was like, they've got an essence of Georgia about them. That's That explains it. True. <laughs> anyway, so she, she has hidden effectively from them, which is great. But when they leave, she can sense that someone else is watching her. And no, it is not Jan from Gossip Girl in the series <laughs> You. Hello. Not you. <laughs> it's Lorcan. He's just seeing the bushes. He emerges with a baseball cap. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you. That would be amazing. But in fact, no. Lorcan is just sort of hiding, watching her, and she's sensing that he's watching her. Not great. He thinks that she is possessed by a demon because <laughs> she kind of smells a bit funky. <laughs> That's going to be my excuse from now on. Sorry. <laughs> possessed. <laughs> Just possession. It's a new candle. Just possession. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, no, it, she's just possessed by a, beam, by a demon. <laughs> a BMW is possessing her soul. It's up her ass. It's a real, real soul. <laughs> so that leather interior is holding up very well. No. No, no, no. It's obviously, everyone, just that fucking weird stone, which we don't yet know what it is, but we all know what it is, that Caltain had lodged in her. Okay, um, a word key. And Elise's like, guys, ooh, it's just some funky stone. Yeah, she's like, oh, does Caltain just collect rocks? Like, is this just a pet <laughs> rock? Her she's just being... Mercury's in retrograde, just... use this to soak up the vibes. So Aelin is basically trying to conjure, I was going to say conquer, conquer water. She was going to fuck that water up. Um, she was. <laughs> I am the captain now. <laughs> the captain now. Fuck you. Aelin is trying to conjure water in a river and Rowan appears and then being super smitten is just like really beautiful and it kills me. Ah. They still haven't fucked yet, but that's okay. Everything's fine. They are preparing for a meeting with the nobles though, aka Terrison. So they're very stressed. We get this quote. Ember sparked in her blood and the moss beneath them hissed as rain turned to steam. Aelin broke the kiss, breathing ragged, satisfied to find Rowan's own chest rising and falling in an uneven rhythm. So new this thing between them was still so new so raw utterly consuming the desire was only the start of it so yeah, it's it getting was. super steamy super hot and then we get like the brow to brow moment and he calls her fire heart again oh. and that's when i i deceased I'm yeah dying. i'm already dead dead done and it's literally the second chapter so that's good <laughs> i died even more when aelin admits basically that she's in love with him and has been for some time so that's also really awesome and if you want a quote to, to go with that here you yep. go hold on to your bonnets um, pull out that scripture this is what we're reading at ellie's wedding <laughs> pull out the scripture oh, i can't bonnet i have no bonnet so we are in our bonnets and we, we are quoting. Her throat ached with the effort to keep the words in. She'd been in love with him for a while now, longer than she wanted to admit. She tried not to think about it, whether he felt the same. Those things, those wishes, were at the bottom of a very, very long and bloody priority list. <laughs> I just birthed myself. A long oh. labour, but we made it. Oh, that's a beautiful quote, though. Like, I love it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we just, like, skipped over that. Trauma and heartbreak. We just need to eat it. Aelin is chilling with like the little folks. They're just like chilling on the other side, being, throwing gang signs. <laughs> like, because remember, she's doing stuff with their hands and they're copying her. And basically, one of them leaves her a little tiny present, like a little knickknack made out of like leaves and shit. And it's a tiny wyvern. And she's like, okay, I'm just going to like leave that there because that seems super interesting and specific. And I don't have time for that energy. So she leaves. <laughs> that we then oh get my this God. i wasn't on mute that whole time i was injured and i wasn't on mute <laughs> honestly ellie i just tune out at this point so, Aylin... just got a rabbit casually <laughs> yeah absolutely so aelin says that she would be willing to bleed die and sacrifice herself to protect her people well isn't that some terrible terrible foreshadowing i'm too scared to go into that so we'll just yeet past that well we're back with the scooby gang and we're waiting for the noble men to meet them in the woods and that's the sentence you don't really want noble men meeting you in the woods no Mm. thank you it's like Rather something not. you're told specifically not to do. Do not meet men <sighs> in the woods. For listeners of my favourite podcast, My Favourite Murder, Stay Out of the Forest. 
Um, sorry. Fuck out of the I'm it's not, sorry. It's not your favorite fucking podcast. Oh my god. You I think feel... this is a hobby? <laughs> Filing a complaint with HR. Hold on. Let me get HR. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, we heard you were a little bitch and said this wasn't your <laughs> I just like death, okay? That's fine. We'll give you more death then. If that's what you want, we have... Is, we is have, that a threat? We, we have death for you. We have plenty of death. <laughs> Remember you these words. You just wait. Remember these words. Just know that you asked for this and you've still you got did. two <sighs> books left of the series, Ellie. Specifically. For death. I feel like I didn't use my words for that, but that's Too late. fine. It's done. We are the captains now. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. You said I've still got two books left and you are specifically for death. Yeah. <laughs> who, who dies? You will just have to wait and see. I really hope it's Kale. I really, really hope it's Kale. Anyways, not continue. Be fucking Broen. Yeah, anyway, my favourite podcast, my favourite murder. It's not her favourite podcast, just so everyone is aware. It's not. Insert foot. No, it was not her favourite podcast. A book and a bev. Hashtag a book and a bev. At a book and a bev podcast on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> fuck you, Ellie. I'm doing my life. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck my favourite murder. It's actually a really good I podcast. actually also have listened to that podcast before and okay, it was good. Thank you. <laughs> it's not the best, okay. though. All right. That's fine. I'll acknowledge that. I'm sorry. We accept your apology. Okay, so Adrian is stressed, so am I, about this meeting. And Lysandra is nearly always in animal form now. She's just like, I don't like you fucking humans. I'm just going to be whatever I fucking want. So she's like an antelope one day. And the next day she's a ghost leopard. And then the next day she's, I don't know, give me another animal. A chicken. just this little chicken <laughs> running around after them. And Aelin and Adian are looking like twins. They're twinning. They're almost in coordinated outfits. It's adorable. And then Rowan appears and he has a messenger with him, which um, he's holding by the throat with a knife, which wouldn't be opposed to, um, if I'm perfectly um, honest. Horn. Mm, a little bit of knife play with Rowan. When in room. Apparently, Ren doesn't want his grandfather out in the weather because it's raining and he's like, oh, old people. And Darrow, who was apparently Aelin's uncle's lover, is impatient and is nervous to be out of the walls of Oryx. And it's like, hmm, it's because you don't really venture too far from safety, is it? Darrow. You little bitch. You little fucking Mm. bitch, Darrow. You want to fucking fight, Darrow? Because I'll fucking fight you. Well, they decide that they're going to go and meet them just down at the pub. Yeah, pub feed seems like a good time. So, next chapter, and we are in Menon's point of view. And Grandmummy, it's me, Anastasia, aka the matron, has come to Morath. She's come down, she's gone to the the Morath for a little vacay, and it's a family reunion. It's lovely. For God's sake. <laughs> the matron is like, wow, it is like super convenient that you didn't want the Duke to make any more of those like demon baby creatures. And what do you know? The whole coven, poof, gone. Dead. And Manon can feel like the 13 are drawing like a line in the sand and they hate Grandmummy, it's me, Anastasia. The matron, Manon, her second and third, all go to the council rooms to see the Duke. Vernon is there, so that seems super cool. And so is this gorgeous blonde-haired man with golden eyes like Manon. Okay, the eyes of the Vogue. 
king. And turns out Harrington has been yeeted like an old condom and Erewhon is the new dick in charge. The new dick in charge. Old condoms. Like, you just imagine. So Harrington has fucked the world, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And then he's been used. The dick has gone flaccid and he is now the the ejaculated in condom and he's been thrown in the bin and Erewhon's there and he's fully erect. And he's like, I've, I'm ready. And he's put a new one on. And he's the eight-pronged one as well. But you know what he hasn't done? He hasn't put enough lube on there because nope. now we he's know. He's going in raw. Mm. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Uh, he's in the bin. He's fully, like, someone has just come in him. He's in the bin now. Yeah, he's fucked. He's fucked. He's fucked. And now this that new guy. That absolutely gone. This new guy's come in. Mm-hmm. He's shoved on a brand-new condom. But no lube. The condom clearly yeah. isn't pre-lubed either. And it's got eight pumps. No. So he's not, but he's, his dick is like exploding. It's like it's like when you like have like shaving cream in like a glove and you push it and then it fills up all of the fingers of the glove mm-hmm. and that's what his dick is doing. It's like the shaving cream. But you know why? Because he went to the shops and he was like, hi, I need an extra large size. <laughs> extra, extra large. So he's, he's the condom. Has eight prongs. But there's, even though it's extra, extra large, there's still just like a little bit of headroom up the top. So it's almost waving at him like a little hat. <laughs> just up the top there. Like a fascinator. I really don't know. I don't really know how we got to him being in the bin either, but I'll agree with That's it. I'll fine. stand by it. Okay. So what's his name now? Is Error. he Magnum? We're getting him the condom name now. So his name is like Error Wang. Because he's like got a Wang. Wang. <laughs> like Error Wang, except without wedding dresses, but condoms. Yes, exactly. That's brilliant. Amazing. So Era Wang explains that the coven in the Farian Gap will be in Rifthold in the next three days, but he says that he's sending Manon there too. He's told Manon to go ransack the city, destroy the glass wall built by Aelin's magic, you know, etc., etc. all this witchy-pretty nonsense. And Manon accepts this but ends up telling him not to be a conqueror, but rather a liberator, because that's what's going to stop his enemies from rallying against him. And he's like, you know what? I kind of agree with you. You may be a woman. <laughs> Maybe a woman. But I agree. You might be a, I just... a woman within a sea of other female witches, mm. but this is why you're wing leader, because you've got brains behind those tits. Oh, exactly right. dear fucking God, you've clearly been around the patriarchy one too many times, <laughs> eh? So she then asks about Dorian slyly and says she doesn't really care what happens to him, but we all know that she does. This silly little sausage, you can't fool us, but on. She goes up to chapter 13 about Irawang and they get prepped the battle and they take flight and they're just one big unit and we see what well, we read that Manon has hot girl armor on. It's got like demon conqueror armor. I fucking love that for her. <laughs> so hot. Shame she's only going to be able to wear it once. So next chapter, the Scooby gang are going to meet with the nobles. They arrive and Lysandra is in human form and we're like, wow, this is really unexpected because you know what she's like. She's been taking on mm. all the chicken forms, the duck forms. I also like when she's in human form, she's like, I made my tits smaller because my back was just aching. Can't relate to that. Can't relate to mm. that one bit. The minute Al Girl gets there, it's basically constant belittling. Like, 
constant attitude from Darrow, the stupid fucking sparrow. Everyone else isn't too bad, but he's basically like, you need all of our votes before you can become a queen and you are not getting mine. Darrow basically starts insulting Lysandra, Aiden and Rowan and Aelin snaps. She throws a dagger directly for his hand and it lands perfectly in the middle of his like splayed fingers. I'm so fucking gay. She gets <laughs> right up in his fucking grill and she's like, fuck you. And Lysandra turns into ghost leopard and everyone's like, oh, fucking shit. She's just like, don't you fucking dare talk about my core, my fucking people, you fucking sparrow. And so he just, he's not even faced by this. He's like, whatever. No. He keeps going. He's like, while you were living in luxury, like, Motherfucker, she was a fucking slave. And before that, she was a fucking child. While she was that, she was a fucking child, actually. She to kill people at the age of eight. You're a fucking cunt, Darrow. That's what you are. But Aelin is trying to be, like, the good person that she is. Like, she's trying to be, like, level-headed. She's like, don't fucking lose it. She's basically like, I'll tell my people of my scars and my trauma and I'll hold myself, like, I'll hold my head high. Damn straight, sis. Damn fucking straight. We get this from Darrow, which sends me over the motherfucking edge. I do not recognize your right to rule. I do not recognize you as the rightful queen of Terrison. Neither do the Lords Sloan, Ironwood, or Gunner, who make up the remaining surviving majority of what was once your uncle's court. Even if the Oldsbrook family sides with you, that is still one vote against four. Should you return to Orinth and seize your throne without our invitation, it will be considered an act of war and treason. As of this moment, until it is otherwise decided, you shall remain a princess by blood, but not queen. What a fucking fuckwit. I, the level of anger. Oh. Oh. Like, you are facing a fucking demon lord whose weakness is fire, and your long-lost queen happens to be the fire bringer. And you're like, actually, I'll let you know if we need you. As we've established, Darrow has no fucking idea, no fucking clue. He's like, maybe if you find me some allies, um, I might consider you useful. I And uh, also makes some, like, inferences about, obviously, Rowan warming her bed and that maybe if she was able to find a marriage bond, that could be helpful. And it's like, ugh, no. Suck my asshole. How does that sound? Yeah. And at this point, Aelin's like, well, fuck you. She snuffs out all of the candles in the room, plunging the room into darkness. And she says, I suggest, Lord Darrow, that you become accustomed to this. For if we lose this war, darkness will reign forever. Darrow lights a match and he's like, men can make their own light air of Brannon. And she just snuffs it out again and she's like, like, you're just being fucking stupid now. Got no idea. No fucking what? clue. And like, yes, for these 10 years or however fucking long it's been, because I forget, Terracin has been under Ardlin oppression, just trying to survive. That is true. But they've been under Ardlin oppression. They haven't faced the Vogue. They haven't mm-hmm. faced wyverns or word hounds or magic 
they have no idea what's coming. Do you know what I hate the most? Yeah. Uh, he talks about her past, like she was just swanning around Rifthold for 10 years, enjoying all of the riches yeah, and the culture, going to musicals. And it's like, did you just skim over the fact that she was a slave in Indovia for a year or that she lost like her first Entire. love? Brutally? She lost her family and was she lost taken by mm-hmm. an assassin lord and forced to become assassin. At the age of eight. But yeah, it honestly fucks me off. But Aelin says to Ren that he has a place in her court no matter what for what he did for Nehemia. And like Ren's a bit hesitant, but Darrow just starts cussing out like, wow, that's a life wasted. A princess who actually cared for her kingdom and we're about to jump off. But Rowan, Rowan's like, hold my drink, bitch. I'm unclipping my earrings. No, I'm throwing down. <laughs> Rowan cuts him off and is like, one more fucking word and you're dead. It's Damon, House of the Dragon. The guy's standing up there about to call Rainier a whore and Damon's like, say it. Say it, you little cunt. (laughs) Absolutely. So they basically rolled in there to that meeting, already decided Aelin's fate. Nothing she could have said or done would have changed their minds. They came with this pre-signed little letter and they were like, absolutely not. And so as they're getting up to leave, a messenger appears and is like, witches are spotted heading to Rifthold. It's happening. Big, giant, yikes. So Aelin is sending Rowan to Rifthold to save Dorian. The initial plan was to go northward once he has Dorian, but Aelin is like, no, we go south to Skulls Bay. And then the, she's basically, her thought process is if they can turn Rolf onto their side, then we have like a small fleet to help us in, you know, mm. our battles. And then Rowan and Aelin are like saying goodbye and we get this really beautiful quote, which is, when you find me again, we will have that night. I don't care where or who is around, you are my fire heart. <laughs> that is real. So we just like round that off with this other quote too. We get this. And through the rain and fire and ice, through the dark and lightning and thunder, a word flickered into her head, an answer and a challenge and a truth. She immediately denied, ignored, not for herself, but for him, for him. Ellie's face right now is phenomenal. I want to hold her in a box. Um, and keep forever. <laughs> hold it in a box. Just hold her face. I'm imagining, I wish, Ellie, we need to basically get you for, especially Kingdom of Ash, I want Snapchat video updates. Like it's going recordings. to become content. Yeah. Because, okay. Because I want I you re- reading that and being like, <gasps> I just... I just, as as she was saying it, as I was reading it, I was like, I know where this is going. I've known all along. I've known. Just here. say it. Just say it. So now we're back with the tiny whore. Evangeline, remember her? <laughs> she's not, in fact, a tiny whore, because remember, Lysandra saved she's, her from Everest. She's free. Oh, she's, just a, she's just a free whore. She's just a free whore. She's <laughs> fine. You could have been the first one. You're like, child, not tiny. Poor. Poor. <laughs> oh, the children, we've already been here. Right, well, yeah. Evangeline doesn't want to leave them, but they're sending her with Ren's grandfather along with Fleetfoot, and she make, Aelin ends up making a blood promise that if any harm comes to her, she will burn them all to ash. 
I love it when she gets like that. I love it when she threatens to burn people to ash. Yeah, it makes I love me... it when she threatens violence on people. Oh, my God, so gay. I'm so gay. Especially when it's to protect the people she loves. That's especially good. Yeah. Oh, it's like a reverse who did this to you. It's like, I will do this to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will do this to you. I like that. I will fucking mm. burn you to ash. You know reverse. Just wait. And Aelin also makes a promise to Darrow that she will come for their aid should they need it because she is the bigger fucking person. Darrow asks her where she's going, and we have this quote, to call in old debts and promises, to raise an army of assassins and thieves and exiles and commoners, to finish what was started long, long ago. Oh my fucking God, it's brilliant. And she oh. does just fucking that. Oh. Anyway, they hop on their way to Skulls Bay. Oh, that rhymes. And Aelin sees a white stag watching her leave. It's actually just Lysandra. She's just popped on out of the little like, travelling gang. And she's here. posed as a white stag to be like, ah, get a good you guys. <laughs> and then Aelin takes it too seriously and she's like oh no now I have to pretend like I'm just like wandering she's like oh yeah yes, I'm I'm just a white stag. I'll, eat some, I'll eat some leaves over here <laughs> yeah. she's oh, like shit. how do I look mystic <laughs> <laughs> we're then in Dorian's point of view and daddy Dorian is recovering from his trauma and he's alone in his castle and he's worried about all of his friends like he's worried about stale lettuce will it deflate in the water who knows on its voyage to the southern continent we don't know deflate it's lettuce. Know. <laughs> just roll with it he's actually Sometimes. just in like a flotation device just hoping that he'll be blown it's like a tube it's like ellie doing the starfish good it luck is. Oh on my your God, journey ellie <laughs> rowan rowan, rowan. Rowan. In actual fact, that lettuce can be revived in cold water. Just to just to throw oh that one out God, there. Oh my God! I see. It was all tied together. He's yep. Yeah, cool. Wow. It worked. Okay. We learned that the band around his neck from his kinky collar is actually now just like a tan line. Like he's got like just a pale stripe. Trauma. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a thong line. And when I say thong, I mean Haviana. Foot thong. Not Foot thong. Not G string. Not the American thong. Not a vaginal thong. Yeah. Look on his a vaginal thong like it's just wearing a flap. <laughs> just the flaps. Just With the, the flaps. flaps. <laughs> it's somehow slipped on in there. The vagina is wearing you can a pair of flip it around. Flops. Oh my god. It's not it's going It's doing there. skateboard tricks. Oh my god, now it's mobile. If you put your legs up. And it is the skateboard. <laughs> She's the third leg. <laughs> Why is she going to escape up in the seat? Legs in the air. It's a thong on a inner vagina. The, the flaps are tucked in and the thong is the... on a miniature skateboard and she's just riding. Arms up, <laughs> legs up. <laughs> the labia are doing all the hard work here. It's I'm... good stretching, guys. I'm not engaging <laughs> in this process. Right. Amazing. I just love that our brains could picture it. We were just like, yes, it works. Yes. The flaps. Dorian takes off his Haviana thong <laughs> and <laughs> his vagina. Look, sometimes I think he does have a vagina. He's a bit fucking weak, but that's for right. Oh, he's not anymore. He's, he's quite, beautiful. He's quite strong now. He's, he's daddy now. A bit. He's daddy now. Oh, yeah. 
but so, by the flat thong. But yep. yeah, he is also a walking vagina thong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Daddy Dorian hears thunder and he's like, but wait, it is not the season. And turns out it is, in fact, not thunder. And then we're in Manon's point of view and Isakant started the massacre of Rifthold without her. And Manon is like banging it for the castle. Dorian is obviously stressed because the witches are fucking up his city. The witches break down Aelin's glass wall and then he's like fighting them off with his magic from this tower. It's a great cinematic moment. But Neckmin, one of them gets into the tower and like hits him with one of the poisonous spikes from their wyvern. His magic is like saving his life because remember he's got raw magic, so he's versatile. And then Neckmin, that that witch is about to fuck him up and Manon's like, absolutely not. I'm the only one that gets to fuck with this man and she just cuts off this witch's head and he's like, get the fuck up, bitch. We're going shopping. Yeah, she really went off with your head. She literally danced till you did. Dance, dance who you did. Go on, use her little yellow legs. I like to see those yellow legs try. So she sees his wound and she's like, whoa, that's weird. He should probably be dead. When he gets up, though, he, like, gazes down at her and we get this moment, hello, witchling. Some ancient predatory part of her awoke at that half smile. It sat up, cocking its ears towards him. Hello, princeling. That turns me on. Fucking hot. Get me a part of this, whatever this is, right here. Get me in it. They are also mates. I'm so pale, I will be the tan line. Do you reckon? I'm just there on Dorian's set. (laughs) What? What about Bridie being the the tan line or (laughs) about them being mates? No. No, about them being mates. Agree with the tan line. Don't do this to me again. (laughs) <laughs> but the, it was an it was an inner voice that woke up when he spoke to her, and that inner voice is like it was just the power of the pussy, yeah. It was her he vagina, talked. her inner he vaginal like, voice. Do you think that his mate was Sorcha? I don't know. I don't know. Not the headless hoe. I believe. <laughs> I forgot about the headless hoe. They don't even fuck. Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> oh, right. Well, leave that behind. That seems traumatic. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I just really, really like these two. Like, I just love this mm, quote, I especially this. the princeling and the witchling, the witchling, and like the fact that that was what they just they spoke when he was in the collar, and now he's out, and like it, that's Ew, how like that? he remembered her, he remembered her name, he remembered that, and now it's, uh, mm, I love it so much. I really want to die. Manon tells Dorian to flee and Dorian asks her to fight with him but she basically doesn't get a chance to answer because Rowan bursts through the door. He takes one look at her and says, absolutely not, takes the air from her lungs and Dorian is like, wait, no, that is my witchy bitch. And Rowan's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realise you guys were a thing and lets her breathe again. And we get this weird moment where the quote is, her kind had no magical shields against attacks like that. Only when most desperate, most enraged, could a witch summon the core of magic in her with devastating consequences. Even the most bloodthirsty and soulless of them only whispered of the act, the yielding. I feel like this may become relevant at some point. Probably something you should just put on the diary. Ah! 
<laughs> Dorian tells Manon to come find him when she changes her mind and he goes with Rowan while she's still gasping for air. Not from Dorian's penis. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's actually her gasping because she saw his his um flat thong and he was like <laughs> And she was like, oh, my fucking God, get me one of those, you bitch. Get me one of those. <laughs> Where did you get that, you bitch? It's on my Amazon wish list if you want to get one. It's on my Amazon <laughs> wish list, babe. He's like Richard, the demon prince inhabiting me. He actually just left it as a He's gift. He's like, you like Richard. He's like, use code Dorian35 for $35. <laughs> <laughs> if you want Hashtag my like, secret King. Patreon code, it is Daddy Dorian. Oh, my Fucking 69. God, <laughs> <laughs> so Dorian and Rowan are skedaddling out of the city um, and they basically escape through Aelin's secret tunnel, which is kind of cute. Rowan has this moment where he's thinking about Dorian's magic and we get a gift of the king's magic then, the enhanced hearing, raw magic that could grant him any gifts, ice, flame, healing, heightened senses and strength. Perhaps shape-shifting if he tried. Again, I will say, interesting. It is very interesting, is it not? So at this point, I don't know what type of form he'd take if he shape-shifted. I am picturing a little sparrow. The flat flat thong. Is that the Sabiana? (laughs) Sabiana. If Rowan was a hawk, Dorian's a sparrow. Yeah, look, it's that energy. I get that. Speaking of Rowan in his hawk form, so as they're skedaddling out, Dorian's in a tinny and Rowan is flying above him in his hawk form, just blowing on him. (laughs) And is like pushing them out of the city. And Rowan is thinking about what Darrow said about how he doesn't have anything to offer Aelin. He's sad, but he also knows it's more than just love. And this quote we get is, even if he knew it was not mere lust or even just love, this thing between them, the force of it could devour the world. And if they picked it, picked them, it might very well cause the end of it. It was why he had not uttered the words he'd meant to tell her for some time, even when every instinct was roaring for him to do it as they parted. As we are falling apart over that quote, Rifthold actually falls apart and is conquered by the witches. So. Oh, oops. So now we're back with Lorcan and he is still following a lead. But then there's roaring in the distance and he shows himself. He's like, hello, I've been following hello. you. Hello, you. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Oh, God. And he's like, come on with me then if you want to live. And she's like, hmm, random strange man that's been following me in the forest for three days. Terrifying beasts. I'm in a bit of a pickle. (laughs) I was always told not to go with random strange men, but this seems like the one time I might need to do just that. Exactly right. It helps that he's quite attractive. So she's like, all right. He's fucking tall. Yeah. He's like nearly seven foot. He is That's, a big, he's, giant man. He is one of the tallest Sarah J Mass characters in the entire universe. I would absolutely climb that man like a tree. Absolutely. Yeah. Sign me up I with foot. Too. Let's go. Bigfoot. Oh. Well, you know he's got big feet. He's nearly seven foot. 
And you know what they say about big feet. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, right. She's like, yes, I will go with you, strange tall man. They end up running and these beasts are cutting through his shields of magic. So he's like, well, they must be fucking strong because I'm no a big boy. That. Yeah. So when the creatures find them, we get this description. Their skin was a mottled blue, so dark, almost black. Each long, lightly muscled limb had been ruthlessly crafted and honed. For the long claws at the end of their hands, five fingered hands, <laughs> fingered, now curled as in if in anticipation of a strike. Ew. Wow. <laughs> That's, the, <laughs> That's wrong. the noise they make wow. as they're striking. Wow. They've actually all got JJ's t-shirts on and they're like, <laughs> And they've all got really heavy side fringes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, God. So the Ilkin are just Thank emos. Yay! Oh. That was all of us. I feel like we were all there. Seeing yep. preteen emos with their like low rise skinny black jeans and Absolutely. super belts. Oh my god, the super belts. Oh. Anyway, they say little cotton socks and they just go Rawr! when they're trying to attack. Okay, so the pack of seeing girls are chasing them and we're starting to get a few descriptions of Lorcan's powers, which is Lorcan's magic was that of death and thought and destruction. There was no name for it. Not even his queen had known what it was. Where I had come from, a gift from the dark god Hellas. Ooh, he kind of sounds like Reese. He's gorgeous. I love him. We learned that these creatures are called the Ilkin, okay, the same girls, and they are after <laughs> a girl. And Lorcan's like, well, okay, what do you want with her? Because I don't really care. Like, I'm not, I'm not with her. And the Ilkins say that she's a thief and a murderer. And he considers, like, handing her over. But then we get this quote. Lorcan could have sworn an invisible hand touched his shoulder. He knew that touch, had trusted it his entire life. It had kept him alive this long, a touch on his back to go forward to fight and kill and breathe in death. A touch on his shoulder to instead run, to know that only doom waited ahead and life lay behind. And so he's like, well, I'm about to fuck shit up in honour of this girl that I I don't even know. But before yeah. he can kill them, because he's like, absolutely, I don't trust these scene girls, mm. um, a scream erupts behind him. So it's a lead, a lead screaming. She's faced with one of the scene girls, and she's just like the ringleader of them, you know, just the – she is the bitch out of the group of bitches. Yeah. She is the Regina George of the Ilkin. Except Sango. Yes. And she ends up managing to trick it by using her knowledge from hanging with our girl, Menon, in stating that she is on a mission for the king. Mm-hmm. And by using the stone that Kaltang gave her to, like, endure all of this, like, Yeah, to give off weird magic. vibes. And it works. So when Lorcan finds her again, he's covered in Ilkin Sango blood, and he's like, How? And she briefly explains to him and he hoists her over his shoulder and he's like, all right, we're running. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, cool. Look, fair enough too. Like I wouldn't want to run, especially with a fucked leg. So I might be. Nah. But she's like. I demand. She's like, no, I'm independent. I didn't like it. And I'm like, bitch, fucking carry me. Right now, I don't even have yeah. a fucked leg, but I'm like, you better be fucking carrying me. I'm not walking anyway. <laughs> yeah. I've reached my standing quota for the day. So I must be carrying. I've already reached my steps. <laughs> Yeah, ten. Unfortunately, not ten thousand, just ten. <laughs> just, just the bare fucking minimum of existence. Mm-hmm. I now must be carried. Mm. So, 
when they make it somewhere safe, he sees her leg and the shackle, and she tells him that her name is Marion. Liar. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is kind, kind of traumatic. And George is like, you fucking lying yeah, piece well, of shit. fucking liar. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, I get it. Whatever, whatever. But like, still, I guess it's like your dead mom, but whatever. <laughs> Fine, we'll forgive you. We'll forgive you. God. But, like, just so you know, you lied to Lorcan, and I would never lie to Lorcan. So, continue. Okay. So, she explains the entire situation from Morath, minus the whole, like, Caltain thing, and explains she's going to find Selena Sardothian and Aelin Galathinius. <laughs> and, you know, Lorcan is a twin pressed <laughs> by this because he keeps referring to Aelin as the, what was it? Fire breathing bitch queen. Fire-breathing mm, bitch queen. You better have that on my fucking coffin. But also, <laughs> I love that Lorcan's like, I'm definitely not going to tell you that they're the same person. Yeah. No, he's like, I'm just going to keep that chestnut to myself. Carry on. So they end up agreeing to travel together so he can find out more information from Elite about Morath. And he can, in turn, keep her safe. Which she's like, thank fucking God, because my foot is killing me. Yeah, she's like, finally, I, I get to have someone to carry me around like the absolute fucking queen I am. Which, fair. Starfish is back. And it's like, <laughs> okay. All right, ready when I'm you ready. are. <laughs> Take me. <laughs> <laughs> Not in that way, but also in that way. Also Please. In that way. So the next chapter, Manon is approached by Isakant. Being like, you killed my motherfucking sentinel. And not sentinel like the dog's uh, flea tablets. No. Sentinel as in the worker. <laughs> like the, the peasant. The, the other people. That, oh my oh, god. Sorry. Anyway, Manon makes up a lie that the sentinel tried to take her prey, as she puts it, and made Dorian escape. Because obviously Dorian was her apparent prey. We're hoping that it was a prey as in she was going to eat that fucking dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, hang on, let me suck on that little Haviana thumb. <laughs> ah, <big> yikes. <laughs> but, yeah, so she's like, no, the Sentinel made him escape. And so, like, yeah, I, I, I dealt with her. And then, like, Rowan came in and, like, killed some more of her Sentinels. And Isakant is like, yeah, right, you're a fucking witch killer. And Dobbs on... Manon to uh, her grandmother. And there's like this big trial that's happening and Astrid and the 13 are basically told by Manon to run if shit goes sideways because she's like, y'all need to get the fuck out of here. And then during the trial that they're having, like all the covens are there, like the matrons are there and Petra is there. And she's still really sad and she hasn't been the same because of Keely's death. And that makes me really sad. Um, and she says that Manon <laughs> saved her life and therefore trusts that she wouldn't kill another witch without reason. Basically, in the end, the matrons end up voting blood for blood, which means that because Manon killed Isakunt's second, they get to kill her second. AKA oh. Astrid must die. No. Oh, no. Big yikes. All right. Next chapter, we're back with the Scooby gang. AKA, well, half of the Scooby gang. Mm. Aelin, Alien, and Lysandra are walking through the plains of Terrison's, like, lowlands, and they decide to, like, hit up this town called Ilum. 
Illium? I don't know. It sounds a lot like aluminum. Aluminum foil. Aluminum. Aluminum. Aluminum foil hats on. It's like you couldn't give me a a crown, so I've made my own out of some foil that was in the cupboard. Tin foil. (laughs) She just wrapped it around her head multiple times. It looks like Ellie wearing that that hat that they come across this temple that's been taken over by soldiers and they decide to attack it at nightfall and win the, it back for her people. But really it was because the little folk had left her like a little little message. They'd left her the wyverns being like, heads up, Rooftop's about to be conquered, but she didn't catch that memo. But they sent her another one and she's trying to pick up what they're putting down. Yeah. The um, little people, they do not have little brains. They are quite large no. brains. They're great communicators. They're doing a lot better than half the other people in this book. But anyways, Aelin and the gang are speaking about this particular flower that blossomed when Brannon stepped foot on the continent, and it's so rare and so blessed that the last one they found was pressed into glass so it could live forever during Orlon's reign, and it's supposed to symbolise, like, Terracin or a kingdom at peace. So that seems super nice. We'll just That seems super nice. But also, good fucking luck. Flowers? And I've literally got the worst hay fever, so this all just sounds terrible. Yeah. It's not the vibes. Okay. So we're back with Dorian and Rowan, and we're now on a tiny little boat on their way to Skulls Bay. A tinny. A tinny. And Dorian is thinking why Manon saved him. Rowan tells him he has to replenish his strength, and then they chat a bit about magic. And for some reason, I just picture this as like a little romantic gondola and Rowan's just sailing them off into the sunset. And if this were a musical, it would be where Dorian starts to sing the Bobby Ray Simmons classic hit, I've Got the Magic in Me. Oh, my God, Ellie. (laughs) I love you saying that. And I'm like now imagining it as like Tangled, the lantern scene. Lady in the Tramp. (laughs) It's just, but the acoustic version, he starts off slow and steady. Rowan's just paddling them out to see his breath whooshing them forward. And Dorian's like, I've got the magic in I me. I actually really I've like to imagine that because. I've got the magic in me. I've got the magic, baby. Rowan's in the back to go. Yeah, turns to go. Um, oh, but what I really imagine, yeah. what I was going to say, the joke I was actually trying to get to is. Rowan's himself, like we're imagining it's like a slow paddle with <laughs> Rowan's like casual breath, but it's actually him like a jet pack just. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the tempo picks up, when we get a bit more beat. Yeah. That's when they start kicking off. It's just like. <laughs> He's actually too traumatized to sing as he starts <laughs> reminiscing about the original headless hoe, Sorsha. Dorian tells Rowan about how he lost Sorsha, the headless hoe, and Rowan tells Dorian how he lost his mate. Mate. And then we get this. His magic had felt the bond between Aelin and Rowan, the wedding bond, the bond that went deeper than blood, because it's the wedding bond, (laughs) than their magic, and he assumed that it was just that they we're mates. Mm-hmm. That's what we all assumed, Dorian, <laughs> and hadn't announced it to anyone. But if you already had, if you already had a mate and you lost her, but that must mean that she, in fact, was not his mate. She was just some some skank he picked up at a flower market and impregnated. Not your mate, Rowan. Not your mate. Fuck it, oh. it was May. Poor Rowan. He's been through Poor all 
might have had a mate out there. She might have. She could have. Could have, would have, should have, but she died riding that steel. So that she lived a good life. Up. So the bromance continues, and Doran is like, "Oh my god, bro, can you help me with my magic?" And Doran, <laughs> can you is help like, me with this song? <laughs> <laughs> can you bust out the moves? Um, help me with the harmony. Troy Bolton just appears. <laughs> get your head in the game. You gotta get, game. Your, get, your, get your head in the game. <laughs> Rowan is like, "Oh, sorry, my bro." I'm not the best fit for you. And Dorian is like, but my bro, you helped taught Aelin. And then Rowan comes out with, Aelin is my heart. I taught her what I know and it worked because our magic understood each other deep down, just as our souls did. You are different. Your magic. <laughs> I don't want to fuck you. I'm actually quite heterosexual. It's basically <laughs> the quote. I, in fact, want to bone Aelin. I do not, not want to bone you. So no magic playing. Hey, bye. This is Your actually magic a really is... beautiful quote, you it guys. It is. <laughs> Fuck you. Your magic is something I've rarely encountered. You need someone who grasps it or at least how to train you in it. But I can teach you control and I can teach you about spiraling down into your power and taking care of yourself. <laughs> I can teach so, you how to rub one out I when needed. I was going to say, someone who grasps it, if you know what I mean. It, it was a beautiful it. quote before our perverted <laughs> brains just went, fuck it up. Fuck it up. <laughs> anyway, they are preparing to take back the temple. We're in back with Aelin now, but technically we're not with Aelin. We're with Adian and Lysandra. So Adian and Lysandra are waiting for Aelin's signal and they're like having a little bit of a chit-chat. Lysandra has been reading a book called The Forgotten Creatures of the Deep, which, huge yes, that's terrifying. That's going to make me and all of us actually more traumatized to not go in the ocean. (laughs) She she tells Adian that she believes a big storm is coming. She says it was weird that Erewhon waited this long to attack. Like he waited until Aelin was here, the fryer bringer heir. And to attack, you know, it's real weird vibes. Weird vibes. It is weird vibes. It is. And she wonders if the gods have deemed the casualties worth it and have played a part in this. They have some, like, little harmless flirting, you know. He says he would never cross that boundary with her, not after everything that she's been through, nor would he think about it after everything he's been through. And we get this little back and forth. Lysandra says, careful, Adian, I bite. And he says, good thing I know how to make a woman purr. <gasps> Adian, I was coming like, through. So Celeste, making... honestly, the biggest wide shoes. I would do absolutely everyone in this book. Everyone. Yeah, I would fuck everyone, everyone in this book. It's the briny go round and they can all just take <laughs> a turn. The <laughs> Everyone, get in line. Take your turn. Get in line. Grab a ticket. Everyone will get a ride. But honestly. There are a few beasts in this. I really hope the women are <laughs> no. jumping on board. They're going to back us with these socks. We've already discovered no. them. Unless he's cuddling them in beats. that way. If he's the dragon. Or the dragon's oh, pride. God damn it. Georgia. I'm sorry. No. Adian's internal monologue is like really sad. He envies Rowan and Aelin and the love that Lysandra has for Evangeline. And, like, he's just about to be all whimsical, but then Aelin gives the signal. Lysandra shifts into a ghost leopard and Adian jumps down and lands next to Aelin as the soldiers come out of this temple. 
most of them run when they see Aelin, well, when they see them, and Aelin takes off her hood and has a flaming crown on her head. I think you were going to say a flamingo. <laughs> Don't make or me a flaming, laugh. A flaming dildo. Just vibrating. <laughs> with, the, with the flamingo sitting off the um, Flaming crown on her head and blue flames on her fingers. She tells the soldiers that they have a choice. Run or die. Most men run, but the commander and like 30 others don't. And then Aelin has a burp of death. A burp? She's like, (laughs) burp? And then the guy turns grey and then just flutters away. Aelin has burnt him from the inside out just by blowing on him. Just gone. (laughs) Gone. Get. So they take back the temple in like 20 minutes and Aelin's fire not only kills but also cleanses the temple. So after she sends it on its little cleaning spree, literal sham wow, that would just be really nice just on a side note. Like I would really like to clean like that. Yep. Imagine just being like, okay, I'm just going to stand out in front of my house and just blow on it. Burp. And then be done. (laughs) Done. So Aelin puts a wall of flame around the temple and we also find out casually that apparently Maeve's warships are preparing to set sail or whatever the fuck. So that seems super chill and not like anything we should be worried about. And Aelin's obviously at this temple because the little folk have been leading her here to this temple. She finds her way to the centre of the temple um, where there's this giant fuck-off rock like as big as a wave, and she steps onto it. So she's now on the rock, and she's like, this is a lovely, a lovely little spot to hang out. Yeah. She takes out the word key from her pocket, and then, poof, great-granddaddy appears. Oh, my Brennan. gosh. And he just, he's like, well, what's up? Hi. What's up, grandbaby? At your surface. Hello, my fellow youth. <laughs> oh, you made that sound so dirty. <laughs> so Aelin decides to ask him some questions. The first being if she can kill Maeve, and he says he doesn't know. Of course he doesn't. He then says she's not Valg, but she's super, super strong. So we're like, well, thank you for nothing, sir. Mm. Well done. She then she then asks him if the power gets easier to wield, and he says yes and no. And again, thanks for that. Thanks. Brandon. It's literally Brandon like talking such a great to fucking Elena all over again. Like, yeah, it's say. like... It's like when Aelin went through all her training in Aerofire, gets to Maeve, and Maeve is like, ha-ha, nothing. Yeah, I will tell you what you already know. Nada. So then finally, he's like, you must find the lock. Apparently, it's in the stone marshes off the coast of Ilwe, which are, like, huge. So Aelin's like, where exactly is it? Mm. But he's already disappeared. And it's like, Brannon, Brannon, you just wasted my fucking time. Brannon. You fucking silly bitch. He's silly bitch. Aelin thinks the same thing because she looks towards the sea and she sticks her tongue out. Aelin sees this and he's like, well, if Maeve wasn't already poised to attack, that will certainly set her off. <laughs> I love that. That's a banter. good joke, Aelin. I love it. This beautiful moment is broken up by, like, Lysandra, Aelin and all that are just sitting and chilling and hanging out. And Aelin feels a vogue enter the situation, walk to the flame wall, all of that jazz. The premises. It's a Vogue inheriting the body of the chief overseer of the Endovia slave mine, 
So that's yeah. that's cool. So we know that Erewhon knows all of Aelin's history, which seems super, super cool. The overseer is like, well, aren't you going to introduce me to your friend, slave? Aelin tries to burn the overseer with her magic, but gets, like, pushed back by this darkness within. And then Nekmin, the demon is screaming and is basically, like, sheds his skin and is torn apart from the inside, like, unfolded, and there's just darkness and two golden eyes just staring back at her. Erewhon is like, I oh. love dramatic entrances. Brandon, just... it's me, Anastasia. <laughs> the, the phrasing, he, he unfolded. Yes. That's just like, mm. like mm. he's just, his body's just chilling and then his chest just opens the fuck up. It's and a it's full just alien darkness. and predator moment where he's like, it really Literally. is. So Ira Wang, he's like, hey girl, what's cracking? Our girl is a little shook, but she's holding strong. He has apparently sent this guy here as a warning present to show her how easy her people will die and what he'll do with her once he captures her. She tries to use her fire, but it doesn't work. And then she tries to distract him from the fact that she is wearing the third word key around her neck. He launches his power and it slams darkness into her chest. And then he's like, Peace out, A-Town. Yeah. And leaves. Big so yikes. Huge she's trying yikes. to put herself back together and she realises one thing. We have a quote. A reminder that she might be the heir of fire, but Ira Wang was the king of the darkness. Next chapter, Manon is in the airy and she's sharpening wind cleaver. She hasn't slept. Astrid has been kept in the dungeons all night and she is to be executed this morning. Sorrel appears and is like, I wish it didn't have to be this way. And Manon is like, we don't wish. We don't hope we adapt. But before she leaves, she sees Astrid's Wiven, sees her waiting for her rider. <laughs> Fuck, this, this hurts way too much. So when it's time, Manon sees Astrid sitting in front of all the covens. She's bleeding, she's beaten, and she's about to kick off at is a cunt for like beating Astrin. Manon's like, fuck this fucking little cunt. But then Astrin is like, well, she had to chain me up because she knew I'd kill her. Love that energy. Yeah. So just as the yellow legs basically are lining up to have like a strike at Astrin, because that's basically what will happen is like they'll just all It's not gonna be like a quick death the way they do this. It's like everyone gets a shot. Yeah. Um, it's like a piñata. Like Julius Caesar. Oh, my God. It's like a, a piñata. It's a Julius Caesar piñata um, <laughs> while in Rome. So Manon ends up invoking her execution right because obviously Astrid is Manon's second. And before the other matrons can say anything, the blue blood matron says yes because she saved her daughter. So she'll grant that wish. The black beak matron, grandmummy, she, as per usual, is pissed the fuck off and is being a right fucking cunt. Who is surprised? Not me. We get this quote, which really gets me. And it's, The sunlight gilded the balcony as Astrid whispered so softly that only Manon could hear. Bring my body back to the cabin. Something in Manon's chest broke. Broke so violently that she wondered if it was possible for no one to have heard it. Oh, Take my body back to the cabin. 
Oh my god. But not that cabin in the woods. Not no, the cabin. Not we're not that hunter. cabin in the woods. As Manon is getting ready to deliver the final blow, she looks to the 13 and they raise two fingers to their brows, which is basically the sign of a witch queen. She realizes that they will die for her, lie for her, and they'll follow her no matter what. And Astrin looks at Manon and she's like, bring our people home, Manon. And we get this quote. At last, Manon found Astrin's gaze, tears now rolling down her second's face, not for fear or pain, but in farewell, a hundred years, and yet Manon wished she had more time. Oh this is just the most traumatic. I was so reading traumatic. this just like, oh my God. And then just as you think that Manon is about to do it, she gives one more order to her 13, and all she says is run, and then <gasps> turns the sword on Grandmummy. Oh my God, fuck it up, Grandmummy. You'll fuck up, Grandmummy. They fight. Oh. Her grandmother is like super fast and skilled and we get this quote Manon had never seen her grandmother fight never trained with her and some small part of Manon wondered if it was because her grandmother did not want others to know how skilled she was the 13 run and the matron is like, no one else get involved in this fight. We're doing this the old-fashioned way. Fisticuffs. Fisticuffs. <laughs> Menon gets one good shot in, but then her grandmother gets a great shot in and basically almost makes Menon's innards outards. No, just, not the innards. Just as Menon is almost at her end, her grandmother is like, hey, want to know a super special secret? And then she goes on like a full villain monologue to explain that Manon's mother loved a crocken prince and they had Manon. Therefore, Manon is a crocken queen, the last crocken queen. She has been killing her own kin her entire life. The last crocken she killed, um, the one whose cloak she's currently wearing, it was oh, her yes. sister. Her fucking sister. So that's, that's big yikes. Huge um, yikes. Manon hears Abraxos's roar from the airy and doesn't give her grandmother a moment's pause before she just launches herself off the balcony. She falls and lands on Abraxos and her two shadows were sent by Astrid back to retrieve her so they're just chilling and then they fly off into the sunset but the yellow legs are on their tails in hot pursuit. The two shadows split off on Manon's orders so there are only two yellow legs on Manon Manon's fading fast and her belly is like literally hanging out so that's not good they manage to outmaneuver the yellow legs Manon tells Abraxos to head to Oakwald Forest but she passes out before she can finish the command big yikes huge yikes Uh but that whole sequence phenomenal like cinematic glorious fight scene big heart wrenching like moment of truth just oh everything Loved it was every so moment. good. And I honestly wasn't expecting the turn. Like, I seriously thought she was going to kill Astrid. Mm. Yeah. I was hoping she wouldn't. Because so. you're on that journey with her of her realising, you know, well, this whole thing is that, you know, she's realising mm-hmm. that she has been made into a monster. She was not born as a monster. And I honestly think that, like, the Astrin, like, the, the unclean was oh. 100%. That was the switch for Manon to be like, all right, this is really, Especially really when, like, up. witch cult has been prizing witchlings for so long like they're so elevated and mm-hmm. yet the matron is then not lifting a hand
and to stop what's happening in Mora to the witches and the witchlings. Like, I don't know what her grandmother's problem is. She's just evil. Like, she's straight up evil. Her grandmother she's... is just a true cunt. Yeah. She really she's is. not is a cunt. She's a true cunt. Okay. We're back with a lead now. And she and Lorcan are traveling. And they come across a village and they have to pretend to be a married couple, which my favorite ruse. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Lorcan is having to act human, which he is a bit uncomfortable <laughs> with because he's also seven foot tall. He's well, just a giant fuck off man. Also very appealing. In saying that, Elaine also just gets her tits out. And Love it. Lorcan <laughs> and like thus far, what we know about Elaine, she was short, a lord's daughter, brought up she's in slavery. Broke <laughs> her ankle. She's like not even five foot. Like, she's, she's a tiny what? Tiny human. (laughs) She's a tiny whore. A tiny, tiny whore. A tiny, tiny whore. She's got this noble background and I'm like, short. Short. She's also short. She's small. One of the main characteristics, giant boobs. Giant tits. She would either have the figure of a young child and then she turns around and the boobs stare at you at the face and you're like, no, she's a woman. She's She's a a woman. woman. Exactly right. So the tits are out. Lorcan ends up wrapping his magic around her ankle as like a brace which is beautiful he so she doesn't have to live. magic around her tits. <laughs> He's like, like just got hands. <laughs> squishy squishy. So they end up going into a tavern in the village and they start to overhear a troop. It's not a dancing troop. No no. It is a carnival troop talking about how they don't have money to pay the toll and lead says that they were in Baba Yellowleg's carnival but since Baba died they've been looking for a new one she says that Lorcan was a sword thrower and that she was a fortune teller even though she can't read minds so basically just to sum up who a lead is more so than just big tits she actually thinks she's a part of the behavioral assessment unit of the <laughs> criminal <laughs> minds team she's just constantly she's analyzing a genius people. like she's she cunning she's picking up what people are putting down she can just change the way she appears to hide herself or blend in she's just just fucking talented. Again, I love she would a great asset on the BAU team. I Absolutely. feel like she fit in really well. She Law also has order. great assets. She Titties. does have great assets. <laughs> she does. So initially the leader, her name is Molly, not the drug, the person. <laughs> she's like, no. But then she approaches them and she's like, oh, all right, well, if you shit, you're out. Lorcan is like, damn, this bitch is crazy, you know, about the lead. And he recalls feeling her hands the calluses to be precise on her fingers and he's like you know what I feel like it's because you were a slave mm. those calluses so gay so gay for a lead that manon in a lead sandwich that actually would have been I probably would have preferred that over Ooh. Manon and Dorian and Elaine Morgan because there's no at this stage there's no gay romance in this oh my book. god we there does so need to be sh- some more representation we so should have gotten Lorcan mm-hmm. and Dorian and Elite and Manon. <laughs> I just, just imagine. Can you imagine? I'm just just getting by this <laughs> Kale is absolutely heartbroken. Oh, he's Fuck in the corner. You, Kale. He's- He's like, I thought, fucking Dorian. He points at him. He makes direct eye contact. You're next, bitch. (laughs) See, that's 
why it should have gone. It really should have. So far, the only <laughs> representation we've really had in terms of other sexualities is Adian is bi, Darrow is gay. And Lysandra. Yeah. Lysandra, the way I view her is that she might have done things with a lot of people, but it was because of her occupation, and I don't know that yeah. she has a set sexuality yet because she needs to refine herself. Fair. Cook, Malachi, oh, yeah. and, and Luke, oh, yeah. And Emery. That's I it just so think I like Manon and Dorian together. Mm. But I would have preferred Manon and Elite. Manon and Elite, so cunning, like so mm-hmm. cunning. Oh my god, they would have mm-hmm. like torn so much cunnilingus. Up. So and I just much feel like not everyone needs to be coupled up. Like no. it doesn't have to be exactly. And like at the moment, everyone's coupled up, and I'm kind of like, eh. yeah, I get that. As much as I do love it, like I love love, and so yeah, I want don't. everyone to just have a big orgy together and be happy. But Absolutely. I also definitely get where you're coming from. Yeah, they managed to get past the toll, and in the wagon, one of the other men. His name is Nick, but with a K, not with a CK, so we know he's different. He tells them about what happened in Rifthold, and then he thinks that maybe Aelin Galathinius could save the world. Like, oh my god, Aelin could save the world. Uh, She's got enough on her plate, guys. She's got yeah. enough. Fuck. Anyway. How so, have I given enough? Oh, the stress, the trauma. Rowan and Dorian arrive in Skulls Bay and Rowan is like, Dorian's entrance will be dignified and in unity, not like how Avon <laughs> left Skulls Bay last time. She fucked up all their shit. And they threw that pebble at the slave. Um, they pegged him. <laughs> That's right, I forgot. They pegged the slave. I meant to say that. They pegged the stone at them, but actually, no, they just had a strap on. They were like, strap in. Come in. Hold on tight to that tinny bitch. You've been through enough trauma, baby. Here's some more. As Emily said, whips and chains excited. Instead of Rowan, like, blowing to help him go, he's literally fucking him so that the wind Before they can make this, like, dignified entrance, the captain already knows that they're there and he asks to see them. Also, just so you're all aware, Rowan's magic is also basically totally depleted after their travels. So Rowan... He's, he's been doing overtime. He's not getting paid above the award rate when he really should. No. Rowan and Dorian <laughs> chat to Rolf. And for those of you playing at home, Rolf is still super hot. So that's fine. Lovely. Um, Rolf tells them that Harrington has been named a liberator of Rifthold. Dorian has been announced as an enemy and traitor to the kingdom, along with all of his allies. We get, like, a whole lot of info in this scene. Rolf still has the map on his hands, like, and it's working now that magic's back, but there's just this big blacked out section where there's something in the waters, and he's basically saying that it's sea wyverns. So he just wants to do, like, what is best pirate vibes and stay out of it. Rolf, <laughs> what is best pirate vibes? <laughs> I don't know, but he does mention that uh, they have run the Vogue out of town, and that kind of ends up being Dorian's way in to kind of get on good terms with Rolf. Neckbin, there's footsteps down the hall, and two fey men step into the room. One says that he likes Rowan's hair longer, and Rowan replies by throwing a dagger at his head. <laughs> 
Screaming, crying, throwing up, vomiting, shitting. Idiots. Squelching. Squelching. Oh. I squelch for Fenris. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Every time I disassociate into Throne of Glass, I am his mate. Yeah. That'd be lovely. So it is, in fact, Gabriel and Fenris, if you haven't already gleaned that fact yet. Dorian is shook by Fenris's beauty because, obviously, Dorian has a thing for men. And that's... It's fine. It's beautiful, Dorian. Mm-hmm. And I really wish we explored that more. I really wish we did as well. Oh my God, maybe he could have been with Fenris. <gasps> he could have been. He could have fucking been. So Fenris is so sarcastic and I'm obsessed with him. He's like, darling, Rowan, come on. Apparently they came to warn Rolf about the fact that Maeve has sent her warships heading for Ilway, which is not a good time. Stressful. That is That is nice to give Rolf a heads up, though, because imagine you're just pirating and then you're like, fuck, that is <laughs> They are martyr. Yeah, they're just pirating out on the seas looking for treasure. And they're like, well, that's a big boat. They all sit down and chit-chat about And Rolf is like, I know your queen's going to come, guys. And Rowan's like, nope, don't know what you're talking about. Nothing to see here. And Rolf's like, it's too late. And the jig is up. I love this because, like, that whole scene is Rolf's like, I know everything. And it's like, you know nothing, Rolf. <laughs> you Absolutely know nothing. nothing. Rowan and Dorian are getting to their rooms in a nearby inn. Gavri and Fenris and Dorian are all like chatting in there and we get this moment. So Rowan says to Fenris, how no one has ever cut out your tongue just to shut you up has always been a mystery to me as well. And Fenris goes, I've been told it's my best feature. At least the women think so. Oh, thank you very much. I will take that and run with it and be on my deathbed with it. Thank you. So we learn a little bit more about Fenris here as well and how his twin was always basically in his shadow. Maeve wanted Fenris but he said no. But his brother, because obviously he's always been in Fenris's shadow, thought this is my Connell. chance to get yeah, Connell. was like, my chance to get on up. So he said yes. Fenris got shipped off to war and returned to find his brother Maeve's blood sworn and that she was making him in to her own personal fuckboy, he basically makes a bargain with Maeve to take his place. So now yeah. they're both blood sworn to Maeve, but his brother isn't having to do the dirty work, if you will. But one yeah. of them always has to be in Doranel. One of them is always the anchor. So that's awesome. Oh, that seems super chill. We Just... find out that Fenris and Gavriel and Vaughn, who was one of the people who we don't really know, have been sent yeah, to hunt Vaughan. down Lorcan and kill him. Yikes, big yikes. Gavriel doesn't seem thrilled about that because we know Gavriel in the group loves everyone. He's kind of like the beautiful emotion holding the group together. Other than the compulsive blood oath that they can't say no to. We we also learn throughout this that apparently Fenris has been like really wanting to work with Aelin. Like when she first went to Wendelin he was trying to train Aelin but Maeve chose Rowan over him. Because she just likes to fuck with everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Does this spark joy then no so then we have like obviously this little like hint that Fenris loves like wild things so I mean I'm just imagining a special fire bring a sandwich where you've got Rowan Island Fenris and <laughs> yes uh, oh my god Gabriel and Fenris have been told to use any means necessary to find Lorcan and kill him Gabriel's trying to like bargain with Rowan to get some more information and Rowan says that the two of them fighting for his queen that's a bargain because Lorcan's path will eventually lead him back to Aelin one way or another because remember Lorcan thinks he has a real word key and he fucking doesn't 
<laughs> he does not. Lol, practical jokes. Lol, you've been punked. April Fools. Aston Kutcher's just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not Erewhon. This whole time, it's just Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> They're about to say no, and then Rowan is like, but wait, Gabriel, don't you want to meet your long-lost son? Your baby. Rowan, your baby is here. Rowan, you are just outing everyone's secrets, and you just need to calm down. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's just like, ha-ha, drama. Gabriel is obviously shook, and Rowan's like, I'm not giving you any other details. Just wait. Yeah, fuck it up. <laughs> Aiden and Aelin are on a boat in the next chapter, going to Skulls Bay. We're on and- a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 but yes, but the main part of this conversation that they're having is that Aelin is just worried about one getting to get to Rowan and Dorian before Era Wang Era Willy Era Willy Era Willy Wang. <laughs> and why Era Willy Wang has waited so long <laughs> to make a move. And we actually learned that Aiden's first battle was actually when he was 14 years old. Let's see. Yeah. So that That's problematic. Good. Not great. Well, then we're back with Manon. And thank God she is alive. Thank God you're here. Your grandma's been great. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that show. That was so, that was so amazing. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that show was epic. So good. They need to do it again. Bad habit. Wait, are you talking about I'm Summer talking Heights about, High? Or <laughs> thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. Oh, yeah, thank God you're show. here was phenomenal. That I mean, was both were great. Yeah, on another level. Okay, so <laughs> Manon, thank God she's here. She's alive, but barely. She wakes up and realizes that she is in the Oakwood Forest. And then she passes out again. And when she wakes up again, <laughs> Abraxos with his socks. <laughs> are covering her. It's actually just a sock. Her. He's just... <laughs> Well, I've one of his socks <laughs> over the top of her. Rest now. <laughs> he's like, sleep. She's yeah. like all the way over her head. She like pulls it down. And he's like, no, rest. <laughs> rest. <laughs> no, he's not. He's covering her with his wing. And we're crying because he's beautiful. <laughs> and she has to leave him to go get water for sustenance. She needs and to hydrate. she gets to the stream. And then, yeah, she's about to go down. Like she hears like this weird voice. And it's just like this super weird fucking like woman just chilling like she's super <laughs> gorgeous but she looks a bit cooked but then <laughs> it's she... Ellie <laughs> super gorgeous she <laughs> looks a bit cooked, cooked. Uh, so the super beautiful but cooked woman that is not Ellie transforms <laughs> and the quote we get is the nostrils were enormous <laughs> The eyes were so large and lidless, she wondered if Erewhon himself had spread her eyelids apart and her mouth. The teeth were black stumps, the tongue thick and red for tasting the air and spreading from that white body the method of Manon's transportation, wings. Uh Manon manages to, like, outmaneuver this creature, which, by the way, calls itself one of Erewhon's bloodhounds. And so even though her innards are becoming outed she manages to get to Abraxos who pulls its socks on and then he lifts her in his claws and smashes the bloodhound with his tail when they finally manage to rest she tells Abraxos to find them somewhere safe oh my god well on that note that brings us to an end of part one tune in next week for part two Hopefully we'll be less unhinged. <laughs> no problem. Doubtful. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram and TikTok at a book and a bev podcast. We have we just, just reached a thousand TikTok followers. 
Please like, review, rate, subscribe. Good night, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.